1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. If you've forgotten the difference between watching a movie and experiencing one, you need to visit Marcus Theaters. Start by visiting MarcusTheaters.com. It's a day early, but he still has plenty to talk about. Time for Music News with Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. Good morning. How are you? Good. On a Thursday, my equilibrium's a little off doing this a day early. Yeah, it's just kind of a generic good. There's nothing really, you know, fantastic or terrible going on at the moment. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah? Because I feel very good. Do you? Very good. Yes. Well, go ahead and (laughs) elaborate on that all you want. Well, our top story, Loretta Lynn. Yeah. She passed away this week. She passed away. I mean, she had been in ill health for a little bit, for a little while, but passed away uh, on Tuesday at the age of 90. And, you know, just, uh, you know, one of those towering figures, um, not just in country music, but in music in general and in popular music, in popular culture. I mean, the, the likes of... Grace Slick and Janis Joplin and Pat Benatar and the Go-Go's owe something to Loretta Lynn as well as to any woman who, who did anything in country music. She has a very interesting story. Oh, yeah. I mean, a huge thing. And it's, it's on screen, you know, for you, for you to see in Coal Miner's Daughter, but literally was just that. And they you did know, Coal Miner's Daughter, her story, 40 years ago. I mean, that movie came out in, what, 1980? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she had only lived about half of her life at right, that time. Right, but she was already, you know, to get to that point of being the established Loretta Lynn that she was even at that point, it, it was such a great journey. And, you know, you know, coming up through poverty, uh, through, you know, there were certainly obstacle after obstacle put in her way, whether it was by her family, you know, her own family, her father, of course, who was... Uh, Depicted in the, you know in the film by by the late Levon Helm uh, through the music industry, the country music industry, and you know encountering a lot of you know as you would expect over the time and sadly still today, you know a lot of chauvinism, you know toward towards her, but she powered through it, and you know had a good partner, you know in her in her husband, and they they really, you know I, there's this is another one of those people they. You, you can't say enough about the impact that, that she had and the importance she has, and again, not only to country music. They didn't really cover in the movie Coal Miner's Daughter her uh, time singing in clubs. No, they, they, it was referenced. You know, there were a couple of quick scenes, but, you know, coming up singing in clubs and then singing with Porter Wagner before, you know, getting having fighting to get her own break. Yeah. And then... Her time with Conway Twitty, right, and all of that stuff, and yeah, that. and and then and then to you know I you know I guess suffering like so many you know the the downturn in traditional country music and just kind of riding that out to the point where Jack White produces an album on her and makes her a darling of the of the hipster set, and you know from from that point on you know she was locked in as as a living legend much like Tanya Tucker has been the last couple of years with last few years uh, with Brandy Carlisle. Well, um, if, her out. since we're talking about, you know, kind of cool with the hipsters, uh, Reba McIntyre, she's on tour. Yep. She's coming to the five serve, right? She is. On, Where does uh, she March get airplay? Any, where does she get airplay anymore? 
Um, she gets a, she, she still gets a little bit of country airplay, but she's another one of those who just, you know, the reputation is so solid. And, you know, and then she's moved on to things like she's in um, Big Sky now on ABC on Wednesday nights, playing this kind of very mysterious uh, guide in the Montana mountains. Doesn't she have a show where she's a judge, too, like a no-nonsense judge? I don't know if that's on anymore. Oh, is that she gone did. already? I It might be. Yeah, if it is, it's not. If it's still on, it's not on my radar. Okay, because I remember so, hearing promos for that where she's lecturing some guy about not wanting to see him back in her courtroom. Right. Um, but I... <laughs> that didn't last long, did it? If it if, and like I said, it could possibly still be on, just not on my radar, but I don't think it is. Um, but the Big Sky thing, you know, that's big network TV, so that's going to that's gonna be nice. And she has a, I believe it's a Christmas compilation album coming out in November, where, you know, just a bunch of her, you know, songs from her previous Christmas albums. So, you know, she's maintained a degree of relevance. Again, that kind of living legend status that allows that allows artists like that to just keep going, and it doesn't matter if they're on the radio or they're selling records or not. Well, she's got a regular character in Young Sheldon, so... Oh, that's right, I forgot about Young she Sheldon. She does? Yeah, I don't know, just looking I don't know at her credits now. Her. We haven't seen... Well, it's only... Yeah, they've only done one episode, so she wasn't in that one, but I'm sure she'll recur in that. I mean, her... her you know, seeing her, her interacting with Annie Potts and Craig T. Nelson is, just, you know, it's, mm. it's just great chemistry. You know, it, it good for her, because when you go to Nashville and you... And you drive around, and people who live there will go, uh, Reba owns that building. Reba uh -huh. owns that building. Reba owns that building. She owns half of Nashville. She owns a lot of it. Her and Dolly Parton owns the other. Yes, half. right. So yeah, laugh all Parton. you want at her redheaded singing style or whatever. She is wildly successful business-wise. Yeah. And there's nothing really to laugh at, even with the music. No. Just because, right. you know, I mean, it's, it's the music she makes. Right. She she keeps getting all these TV jobs, not to mention her uh, her her tour that she's doing. Right. Well, and that's how you keep you know that that's part of that's that's in a way the new business model for artists now that you know really they don't you know you you're not selling records anymore. So how do you keep yourself out there and and making money and keeping people come coming to your shows? In Reba's case, you know some select TV you know makes it makes it in some ways. It's almost like Blake Shelton now. He comes to a town, and you're going to see the guy who stars on The Voice. You're not going necessarily going to see the guy who has all these country hits. You know, it helps that it certainly helps that he has the country hits and that build a base audience. But there are a lot when he comes to town. The big news is, oh yeah, Blake Shelton from The Voice is going to be in. Hmm. Right, if they come to town, like uh, Ringo, Rage Against yeah, Ringo, the Machine. A number of people aren't right. coming to town. Aren't uh, right. Soon, uh, Ringo Starr had to cancel the rest of his All-Star Band tour. There were seven dates left, mostly in Canada. He came down with COVID. And, you know, Ringo being in his 80s, you're, you're going to take that a little seriously and uh, not, not rush to put him back on the road. Uh, Rage Against the Machine has canceled their 2023 tour dates uh, in, the, in North America. This is after canceling Europe this year, and this was because the frontman, Zach De La Roca, uh, tore his Achilles tendons on the second night of the tour this year, back in July in Chicago. And he, he got through the rest of the U.S. states. But I guess, you know, it's just not recuperating. And the doc doctors are telling him, you know, you need to, you're going to need to be off for another year. 
Didn't uh, Dave Grohl play concerts with a broken leg? He did it with a he did, but a broken leg heals a lot quicker than something like an Achilles okay. or something, something that has nerve damage. You know, and then Chris Martin and Coldplay had to cancel a number of dates down in Brazil. I think it was seven or something because he got sick, uh, lung and serious lung infection they call it. So they expect him to recover, and they're working to reschedule the dates. But uh, yeah, there was a lot of that that came down this this week. Do we mention Lindsey Buckingham, too? Oh, that's right, yeah. Hold the Sorry, plug. Lindsay, yeah, Lindsey uh, was supposed to tour in Europe. Uh, this is after he had he came down with COVID uh, earlier this year and had to scrap the last four dates of his North American tour. Uh, now he's canceled the entire European tour, just saying for ongoing health issues. All right. So we, so don't, it, we don't know if this is related to his heart issues or if this is you know continuing COVID-related issues. They didn't specify. All right. So those are shows that are canceled or delayed or postponed or whatever you want to call them. Then you got other shows that uh, they're announcing their tours. Yeah, a few. Uh, we had uh, Depeche Mode come out this week to talk about how they, the, the two remaining members are recording a new album. It's going to call Memento Mori. That's going to be out early uh, 2023, and they are going to do uh, a tour, a brief tour of the U.S., only 10 North American dates. And April 5th in Chicago is the closest one of those, and they're going to do a bunch of stadiums in Europe. Bono from U2 is going to promote his upcoming book, uh, which is called Surrender, 40 Songs, One Story. And he's going to be doing uh, small theater-type dates. Closest, again, is in Chicago, the Chicago Theater on November 8th. And I suspect there will be more than one one show in each city uh, once they go on sale. Then Ed Sheeran has announced has announced uh, you know a big stadium tour uh, for next year. It's called the uh, the Mathematics Tour, and it's going to be all stadiums. Kicks off May 6th, coming to Soldier Field down in Chicago on July 29th. And Taylor Swift is reportedly putting together a big stadium tour of her own uh, for the summer of 2023. She was supposed to have toured in the summer of 2020 in support of that Lover album. Uh, but she now is, but obviously that had to be postponed. So now we're looking at 2023 with a new album from her coming out in November. So competing stadium tours? Yeah, Taylor and Ed, uh, it'll work. She opened for her once on a stadium tour. Oh, really? He was the opening act. And then, so, you know, he's just kind of, he's just kind of gone to the next level. I can uh, imagine a stadium going nuts over Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But, uh, and she's only been really been playing in stadiums. It's been the last yeah. 15 years. You can't really imagine that with Ed Sheeran. Oh, it works. I mean, yeah. that, I said the same thing. It's like, how's this guy who does this one-man show? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, and he manages, you know, they use the technology. They use the, the video and and everything properly to, uh, you know, to really make a, a great show. That's that's one of those things when you go see somebody who's really talented and you go, uh-huh. whoa, that's how you do that, huh? Yeah, and okay. he, has, he has the charisma to really fill up a stadium, even though it's just him on stage. He loves ketchup. Yes, he does. Yeah, you know, he uh, he can write he can write a catchy hook. He's got a nice voice. Blah blah blah. That's I don't have package. to. Get, I don't have to tell Ed Sheeran fans about Ed Sheeran. They no, should be they, telling me. They know. Yeah. So all right. Well, those are next next year, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Next year, shaping up. You know, to be another big year. Of course, we have the the Springsteen dates. John Mellencamp announced the big tour. Um, yeah, there are some expectations of ACD. I think John Mellencamp's coming to Milwaukee, right? He's right, got to yeah, stop he's, here, right? Yes. Yeah. If so, I called him, if I see him and I call him Johnny Cougar, would he be mad? He'll hit or, you. Or would he laugh? 
He'll punch you out. He would hit me <laughs> if I called him Johnny Cougar. Yeah, no, yeah. he would. He would not be happy. <laughs> you know, you do do that at your own risk, and you were warned here. So. He stomped that butt out a long time ago. Exactly. He crushed it. And- are we re- put on top of it. Are we really going to do this again? Van Halen is talking about, you know, okay, uh, Wolfgang's going to round up a few guys and we're going to go out on tour and do a, a Van Halen thing. Is that really on again? Well, here's, here's what's been going on with that. So it was the it was the brainstorm of Alex Van Halen, David Lee Roth, and, um, oh, boy, our favorite manager. Uh, Don Henley, Satan, Irving, Irv- Irving. Um, okay. So it was their brainstorm to put together some sort of tribute package that would in, that would add Joe Satriani on guitar and most likely Michael Anthony on bass. Wolfgang really didn't have anything to do with it other than he'd have to check up or check off on it. Well, that kind of that, there, there have been several months of negotiations, discussions of this, and nothing has come to bear. You know, Sammy Hagar's gotten involved a little bit. He's been beating the drums. Yeah, let's do a Van Halen tour with Sam and Dave, do all the hits. Didn't we do that once, and it didn't go well? Well, they did it as Sam and Dave without Van Halen. Okay. And, no, it didn't go well. Okay. Um, That part I had right. So now the the latest two words we have on that, one is from Wolfgang. Uh, Van Halen, who did an interview with Classic Rock Magazine over in the UK, and he he really called the, everybody out and just said, "There's so much dysfunction here. This is not a group of people who can get over themselves to work collectively for one purpose." He just said, "You know, the level of the, the, the camp is very dysfunctional. Everyone, you know, even took Sammy out in this. Not not Michael Anthony, but you know, he he's." He said Sammy talks out of both sides of his mouth, you know, one side saying he'll do it, the next side saying he won't or will only do it under conditions. So Wolfgang feels that him playing Van Halen songs at the two Taylor Hawkins uh, memorial concerts did the trick. But that's the tribute. That's the last word. All right. What's what's your gut tell you, Gary? Uh, Well, let's see. The other thing. So yesterday I'm talking to Joe Satriani, who, of course, is you know, tagged to be the guitarist in this, and he did confirm to me, yes, he was called by Alex and David, you know, to do this, but then, of course, nothing came to bear. And he's he's taking a very diplomatic step back and saying, you know, it's not my decision. You know, it's not for me. It's not for me to decide. It's for the other guys, so I'm just waiting to hear about it. He's game if they do it, because he was a friend of Eddie's and a fan, and, you know, he thinks Eddie's... Everything everybody else thinks that he is and would love to play that music. Um, my gut on this is it's probably not going to happen, and I think for the reasons Wolfgang says, it's everybody's too dysfunctional. Um, there's there's just no way it, it'll be put together to everybody's satisfaction. And reading be not you don't even have to read between the lines here just based on what Wolfgang said the classic rock I think he I think he did that and spoke as strongly as he did to serve notice that I'm out I'm never going to I'm never going to green light something like this drop it now All right couple of documentaries that are in the works one is Sinead O'Connor and the Prince Estate says yeah you can go ahead and do your documentary but you can't use this you uh, can't use the thing you're calling the, the title the title song from the documentary which of course is nothing compares to you uh, they have, you know, they, the prince, the director of the documentary said we did ask for permission to use the song. The prince's state said we couldn't. Uh, prince's half sister Sharon Nelson uh, explained that the best version that they didn't allow her because they didn't feel 
Sinead um, deserved to sing, to have the song in the in in the documentary. She said, you know, the live version that Prince cut for his Hits 1 compilation, that's the best version, not the Sinead O'Connor uh, version. Now, the other side of the story is, if you remember, Sinead O'Connor went off uh, a few years ago about how Prince tried to sexually assault her, uh, you know, while they were together working on the song. So I think that's more the reason than you know, any ephemeral, you know, does she deserve to, not deserve to, what are the aesthetics of this? But either way, she is not getting permission. She's they not are not getting use it. And the director, the, the spin the director's putting putting on it is that, you know, it worked out just as well. We're happy with that section of the film. The focus remains on Sinead's words and her songwriting and not necessarily on Prince. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see uh, when the documentary finally comes out. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, meanwhile... Uh, the Michael Jackson estate and Sony Music Entertainment are putting together a documentary for the 40th anniversary of Thriller that we should see before the end of the year. We're talking about the entire record, or are we just talking about the video? The record. Okay. The, uh, the album. Uh, it's being directed by uh, Nelson George, who's also a writer, music historian. You know, he's he's good, you know, and he was there. He covered it, you know, back in the day. And you know, supposedly they have great footage, and you know, a lot of a lot of inside, you know, inside knowledge. Uh, there will be interviews with Quincy Jones, of course, who produced it. Whatever, whatever they have from Michael uh, during that time. So that you know, that's, I think uh, this is you know, they they did it. They did a similar documentary for Off the Wall. They've done a couple other film pieces, and they're, they're generally pretty good. So it'll be interesting to to see uh, see how that turns out. And Metallica cigars. Yeah, why not? Why not? Metallica's a smoking band. So, you know, first, <laughs> hey first, they, first they gave us blackened, blackened whiskey. Now we're going to get blackened cigars. They seem to whiskey go together, and right? Cigars, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what they say. You know, and in fact, it was the whiskey makers who turned Metallica on to the cigar maker, whatever you call a cigar maker. There is there is a term for it. A cigarist. It's, it's a not cigar. a cigarier or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, in fact, I don't even think it has has the word cigar in it. Where will these cigars be available? I think widely. You know, probably mail or I'm, I'm sure if you go to Metallica's website, it'll it'll direct you to where you can get these guitars. Are these, these fine these cigars that uh, a real cigar lover would go? It's a it's a terrific cigar. It's that's uh, what they're saying. Okay. You know, I mean, I'm not, I can't say I'm a cigar aficionado, so I don't know. But apparently, they're using the Maduro leaf, which has a which has a very high reputation. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, Maduro your, leaf is, but you can have your your blackened uh, whiskey with your blackened cigar, and and if you listen to a little Metallica. Oh, they'll sell. They will. The, the, oh no, they they definitely they will, will buy them up. Are those guys cigar smokers? I, I, you know, they don't say in this. I imagine at least one of them is, you know. I mean, James Hetfield looks like he'd be a cigar smoker. I wouldn't be surprised if Kirk Hammett, the guitar player, was. I could see him, you know, on his surfboard with a cigar, a stogie in his mouth. What about Lars? Uh, Lars, I don't know. I see Lars as more of a wine and fine spirits <laughs> guy. Otherwise, how would you even know if your own product is any is it, good? Right, if it's a fine cigar or not. Right. Right. Well, that's, you know, I guess you take you you find people you trust and have them check it out for you if you're not a cigar person. Sure. All right, Gary, we're out of time. All right. Well, listen. Have a great uh, week ahead, and 
we will we will talk. Well, we will talk in what two weeks. Yeah, you're going to talk uh, to you'll talk to Eric next week. Yeah, he will, the rock. The rock. We'll be banging on the rock next. Yeah, next exactly. Friday. All right, Gary. All right, you guys take it easy. All right, thanks for the music news, Gary Graff, our music expert.